It was almost like my eyes were finally open to see all of these things that I was striving to achieve that Christ had actually already purchased for me. And so living in that reality that Christ is enough for me, it just caused my soul to find this relief that I hadn't known. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. Hey, More Than Small Talk friends, we're excited to have a special friend with us this week. Caitlin Garrison is a wife, a mama, a second grade teacher, and the author of a book called Sweet Relief that is going to be releasing soon. So go ahead and get your pre-order in. Yeah. (laughs) But Caitlin is sharing about how she stepped out of trying so hard to please God and people and found some new freedom that she wants to share with us too. So I can certainly relate to that. And I imagine you can too. So Caitlin, tell us a bit about that. How did you end up wanting to share this message with people? Yeah. So I, for most of my life, I lived with this belief, um, especially as somebody who's grown up in church. So very, very into Christianese churchy language (laughs) just for my whole life. But Um, I lived with this deep-seated belief that because Jesus had saved my life, right, he saved me, that it was now up to me to kind of earn my keep and do whatever it took to hold on to his favor. Um, And so kind of through my young adult years, this belief, belief led me to this exhausting lifestyle of striving for God's love by burying myself in ministries, using spiritual disciplines as kind of a righteousness meter, Mm. uh, viewing my my standing with God in accordance to my good behavior. And so this was the pattern that I lived in. And in that season, the Lord revealed to me in a very kind and sweet way that my insistence on trying to earn some right standing with him um, was actually rebellion against him because Mm -hmm. it was resisting my need for him. Um, And so when that became clear to me, I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't change myself, right? I couldn't just behavior modify my way out of this one, Um, but I needed to hear the gospel all over again. And I Mm -hmm. needed it to hit differently in a way that I could receive it. Um, And so as I dug into the gospel that I had heard, thousands of times since I was a little girl. It was almost like my eyes were finally open to see all of these things that I was striving to achieve that Christ had actually already purchased for me. And so living in that reality that Christ is enough for me, it just caused my soul to find this relief that I hadn't known. And so the message of the gospel really relieved me from this life of trying to perform like an acrobat (laughs) and it freed me to be an ambassador who banks on the power of God instead of my own. And so that's kind of the journey that led me to write it and I'm still living it. (laughs) I'm going to go back to it. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't this feel like, I mean, we've sat around coffee shop tables and we have talked about this very subject, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess as we get into the trenches of this, Caitlin, what would you say to someone who looks around and says, you know, faith feels very complicated to me, not just because of my own inner struggle, but because what's presented in the world 
Like, yeah. how do you how do you tell them or come alongside them as they transition from trying to impress God to trusting in the work of Christ in their life? Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail on the head that it's something that we pick up because our our culture functions this way. Like yeah. we, we function mm-hmm. on this kind of achievement based mentality, right? We work hard to earn a promotion, to earn people's approval, their favor. It's like the currency of exchange in our culture. And so it's just natural for us to kind of carry this into our relationship with God and assume, well, hey, I can just work my way to God too. But this isn't the case, thank God. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's there's nothing more sufficient than what Jesus did. Christ's work is the only sufficient thing that could close the chasm that was between ourselves and God. Um, And so really banking on what Jesus did erases our need to impress him because Mm -hmm. Jesus measured up on our behalf. And so I think this is a message that we have to preach to ourselves Mm -hmm. daily because again, it's almost, it's almost like, have you ever been in a, in a pool with your, with your friends, or maybe when you were younger and you all like walk in the same direction of the pool and you make your own little whirlpool. It's, it's almost like we can get caught up in that and we have to go against it. And so for me, that looks like plaster verses everywhere all of the time, just verses that remind me of the gospel of how there's no condemnation of how um, Christ's sacrifice was perfectly pleasing and having those things when I feel like it would might be easier to just go in the current, mm-hmm. um, but those things help me to walk against it when I feel that need to impress God or to do more. Um, I remind myself of what Jesus did in that it's not my job to earn something, mm-hmm. but that it's already been won. And so I think, honestly, it's 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 very combative. I should say, <laughs> it's very combative to make that transition from striving to be enough for him to resting in the finished work of Jesus. We see all over social media and hats, notebooks, everything, the hustle harder. And I feel like, and I, like I cringe every single time because I feel like that's where we've lived the hustle harder Mm -hmm. striving method. So you talk about the four false gospels that keep us stuck Mm -hmm. in striving. Can you share a little bit more about that? Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) I love that response. Um, Well, let me ask you this. Do you want me to? So there's four of them that I kind of tackle. Do you want me to do all four or give you a little teaser? Or what do you think? I think just give us a teaser. Like choose your favorite. Choose your favorite. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the one that I fall into the most. And I think society as a whole can fall into this one, too. Um, and I call it the so that gospel. And so it hinges on this belief that if I input good things, good behaviors, good habits into my life, then God is going to bless me with good outcomes and comfortable circumstances, not those of suffering, hardship, or struggle. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, it might be believing statements like if I go to church, if I make good choices, if I read my Bible, volunteer in ministry, and I, I do all of these things so that. God will bless me and shield me from experiencing brokenness or hardship. And so I think for me, coming to a place in my life where I realized I was doing all of these things so that God would blank and almost becoming very resentful 
um, that God didn't hold up his end of the deal and knowing that, Hey, that's actually not true (laughs) is it just kind of opened my eyes to seeing that so many of us spend our lives trying to get as many good moral inputs as we can. And yet when we experience suffering, hardship, or difficulty, we can jump to the conclusion that it's because we haven't done enough or because we did something to disappoint God. And so I think this got this false gospel holds such great potential for disillusionment Mm, and um, for people falling away from the Lord and just rejecting it because people believe that, you know, God has utterly failed me. (laughs) And so I think this one, this one, I have to go back and remind myself that, Hey, the real gospel gives us the freedom to do good things. So not so that God will do something, but because God has already acted on our behalf. And it assures us that even in our suffering, that God is enough in those moments to to sustain us. That's powerful. Yeah, that's good. So related to that, what did you discover about what is your part? You know, so we're not to strive. We can let go of that. And yet clearly you have a relationship with Jesus that's engaging that you're involved in. So tell us about that. What did you discover is your part in that relationship? Yes, I love that. So I stumbled across this quote. I was actually really sad because I had just done my last edits and I was like, can I please put this in here? (laughs) But I was like, it's okay. I'll just talk about it forever. But um, I ran across this quote by Dallas Willard and I was like, this, this is it. This is, it helps me have a framework for what this looks like. But when Dallas Willard talks about grace, he has this quote and it says that grace isn't opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, it felt like I have to choose one. Like I either have to, you know, sacrifice effort in a, you know, and to earn, I had to either choose. So I either just sit back and do nothing and like, just accept Jesus did it all, or I have to work for it. Like those were the two extremes I thought I had to choose, but knowing that grace isn't opposed to effort is going, Oh, okay. So it's not that I, you know, I'm out of the race now and Jesus has done it all. And I don't have to participate, but we are active participants in this race that God has marked out for us. But instead of us doing it, kind of as track runners. And he's just the coach on the side barking orders. He is the power and the fuel inside of us that Mm -hmm. helps us run this race. And so we're, we've still got a race to run, but he is the power source and we're not striving to earn something from him, but we're, we're running and we are striving with his strength, which helps us run. Yeah. And so we're not spectators. We get to be participants. I think that transitions it from work to an adventure, (laughs) you know, because one is based all on our own efforts and it's all that we can see. We're limited by that. But the adventure of seeing where God wants to take us and what miracle God wants to do in us and through us is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. So what would you say? Caitlin, if there's a woman listening right now, man, this has just been a lifelong battle for her and her faith feels complicated and hard and she feels like she never does enough because I can promise you there is someone right now who God loves with his whole heart that believes that. What would you say to her? Yeah. 
Well, from somebody who is also recovering from striving. So from one recovery <laughs> to another, I've learned that, like I was telling you earlier, it's a conscious decision. It's a, it's a combative decision um, that we make each day that we've got a choice here. We can either chase achievement in the name of Jesus or we can come into agreement with the finished work of Jesus Mm. because chasing achievement looks like filling my life with all these good and godly things to earn my place, to maintain God's favor and to give me value in the eyes of God. But when I, you know, in turn choose to trust in the finished work of Jesus, I am standing on the belief that my debt has been paid, that Christ's righteousness has actually been assigned to me, that I've been adopted as his child, given a brand new nature, sealed with the very spirit of Christ. This is the gospel. And it's our daily reassurance of Christ's sufficiency in us, his presence with us and his spirit's power inside of us. And so to this woman, I would, I would say this over and over is that the gospel is not just the one-time thing that we we say the prayers a seven-year-old and we trust in the gospel that time and it's mm-hmm. over, but it's a daily reassurance that actually keeps us free. And so I would say to her, whatever lie you keep coming back to over and over and over and over again, find a gospel truth in scripture to stand on and plaster it where you where you'll see it, whether that's by your bathroom, in your closet, in your car. Say it out loud in the morning when you're getting dressed and and put those declarations, just keeping them in the forefront of your mind. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've just found that preaching the gospel to myself puts a halt to that striving and it silences the need to achieve because the gospel says over and over, it's finished, it's done. And that <laughs> actually sets us free to run like we were talking about, yeah. free to run in, in the race that he's called us because we're not shackled to our own self-sufficiency. Yeah. So the title of your book is Sweet Relief, and I love that phrase. So it sounds like you're saying what replaces striving is sweet relief. So can you tell us about that phrase? What does sweet relief mean, and how do we know when we found it? Yeah, it's funny. This phrase actually came to me in the shower. All good ideas come to me. <laughs> right? <laughs> but the whole thing came to me when I was in the thick of this. There was not a book on even the horizon, but I was really learning to trust the new nature that God had put inside of me. So there would just be days where I would just feel overwhelmed with guilt by what I couldn't do in my own strength or this pressure to do more. So I was just kind of in one of those funks one morning, Mm -hmm. um, just feeling all of this pressure and honestly, even feeling some shame from my past that I just couldn't shake. And then as I was in the shower, just thinking about it, um, that phrase like sweet relief just came into my mind. And so I just started thinking about that and thinking about the relief that we experience when we realize the new nature that we've been given, that not only is our past erased, not only is that gone, but that we have received the righteousness of Christ and the, and the likeness of him. And so all of those things really bring us into alignment with who we were meant to be. And when we are walking in that alignment with our new nature, that is what we exude is relief of, Oh, Mm -hmm. this is not up to me. Thank God. (laughs) You feel that pressure when it's up to you, right? When this is all on me, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. The, the symptoms are pressure. Mm-hmm. And yet when we yeah. are walking in alignment with who God has made us to be, 
that's what we experience, right? That light, easy yoke that is oh, just a relief of he has carried so much of this that it is not all on my shoulders. Yeah. And so that is how that <laughs> came into being. And yeah really the symptoms that we experience when we are walking in who Christ has made us to be. Yeah. You know, Caitlin, as I listen to you, I feel like that there are going to be women who are taking a deep breath for the first time in a long time. And so, Caitlin, you're the author of this beautiful book. Right now it's available for pre-order. And, yes. and for those of you listening, I need you to understand something. Pre-order is a crucial time. It is, is this baby is about to be birthed into the world. And when you pre-order, you help, you help so much get this message into the world. And this is a message we need. The book is called Sweet Relief, How the Gospel Frees Us from a Life of Striving. Caitlin, tell us first how they can get in touch with you or find you and how they can find this book. Yes. So I am trying to be better about being on social media. I've done a good job this summer. <laughs> but if you want to come hang out with me periodically, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. That's usually where I hang out. Okay. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Caitlin and Garrison. I also hang out on Facebook. Um, those are kind of the two places you can find me. And if you would like to pre-order this book, it is on Amazon right now. It's also on Christian book and on the Leafwood publisher site. It'll also be in the Proverbs 31 bookstore. So there's a couple different places that you can find it, but I feel like everybody's got an Amazon, so you can never go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for giving someone a deep breath today and helping us to move from striving to sweet relief. Well, thank you for having me again. It's been a joy to be, to be on this show with you guys. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer and connecting with us. More than small talk is a part of the KLRC podcast network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.